You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Studio 89.7. This talk program focuses on newsmakers, celebrities, and authors. And now, here's your host, Philadelphia radio veteran, Paul Perello. Joining me here in the studio is singer-songwriter Alan Leah, who has achieved massive success thus far in his state of South Africa, as well as in the United Kingdom. He is getting ready to debut his um, U.S. project, Conversations Over Time, highlighted by the aptly titled lead single, Take the World. And I want to welcome Elon here to uh, Philadelphia to uh, talk about his music, talk about his career. It's uh, nice to meet you. Thanks. Great to meet you too. And you, uh, your voice lives up to the reputation. Oh boy, I don't know. Now you <laughs> that put big the, voice. You put the pressure on me now, right? <laughs> I just, I hope that I hope the rest of the interview start it goes as well as the beginning here. <laughs> People that might be hearing you right now may say, "Well, gee, Paul, you said he's from South Africa, but it sounds like he's from the United Kingdom." But yeah. obviously, you're not from South Philadelphia. Is where I'm going. I mean, yeah, yeah, that, you're that's not right. from Philadelphia. That's for sure. It's kind of. I think I just spent so much time in the UK that uh, a lot of the accent may may have rubbed off. But also, if I uh, if I'm not conscious of how I'm talking, a lot of people don't understand me when I talk in too much of a South African tone. For sure, it kind of gets lost. So you grew up in South Africa, born in South Africa. Yeah. All right, Johannesburg. When you're a young kid, and I'm looking at you, and you're still a young kid, but I guess growing up, at what point did you know that you had music in you, that you had this ability to uh, not only sing, but also write music? Uh, that's a good question. I don't think I'm as young as I look. Everyone's telling me I'm so young. I'm like, I'm 29. I'm not that young. <laughs> <laughs> that's a young um, 29. <laughs> yeah, it's a, <laughs> that's a good thing. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. If I had to take it all the way back, I remember being a kid and um, going with my dad. He's a musician. And he used to take me with his gigs, and they, they've got a picture of me sleeping under one of the speakers at one of his gigs, so maybe my hearing's going to go. <laughs> um, I remember coming back from uh, a couple gigs and singing along to things and people going, hey, you can sing, you should try it out. But um, I think when I really got into music was in high school when I did the school productions. Mm -hmm. So I started kind of doing that, getting a feel for the stage, um, but didn't really take it too seriously. Went to play football in England. And um, when I came back, I was 17, and then I, I knew I wasn't going to pursue football. So I started kind of tinkering at the piano. I wrote my first song and signed my first record deal. Um, when you played football in the UK, though, football yeah. in the UK is much different than football in the United Sorry, States. Sorry, yeah, soccer. <laughs> <laughs> so How do you guys say, yeah, soccer? Soccer, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. Your, your music career then, I guess, actually, you burst onto the music scene at the ripe old age of 17, right? Yeah. So what was the first song? I mean, what was the first thing? What was that spark that at the age of 17 that launched your, your career? I wrote a song called Hold Me In Your Arms. I remember when I wrote it, I, I was literally just kind of messing around on the piano. I, just, I, I taught myself to play. Um, I had a couple of lessons to make sure I was doing the right thing, but I'd watched a movie and the movie inspired a thought and I just went to sit at the piano and I didn't even know what I was doing, mm -hmm. but I was writing a song. Um, there, there was, this is proof that there's no actual process to writing a song <laughs> because right. if you could just be a kid and go sit at the piano and write the song that I did, it, that's what launched me. But um, 
I don't understand why the, the only answer I can give you is I think I was born to do this. That, that's pretty remarkable because people will work a long time at trying to write music. I mean, yeah. for whatever reason, they just can't break through. If, yeah. and some people will, you know, will study hard academically to try to write the next great symphony. But then on the other hand, there are people that have this this born talent and you know the fact that your father was a musician there's there's this i guess nurturing of of your ability and your talent then yeah which has to help you on on your career path of course um i think if i can just lead into an example here uh, the 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 legend i should call him who mentored me um was the late robin gibb of the Bee Gees, and this was one of the best lessons i'd ever learned in music was we were standing at the the keyboard and he just played something and he wanted me to play so he could sing and i said to him okay robin what did you play he says uh, i don't know i'm like well you mean you don't remember or like can you show me wh which note was it and he said i don't know which note mm. so what do you mean you don't know which note how can you not know which note i mean you were playing it he goes i don't know the notes on the piano really he said i just know that this one sounds good with that one and you know just put them together i was like Robin, you've written the most amazing songs of all time. How do you not know the notes on the play on the piano? I said, I don't need to know. I said this one with that one. First of all, that is that is amazing talent. Yeah. To work with Robin Gibb is gotta be an amazing experience. Of course he's no longer with us, but I well, mean yeah. it's gotta be one of those moments in your career. What was he like? I mean, what what is it when, you know, he, he mentors you? I mean, it's it, it had to be such a special thing for you. It was, and, and to this day, I, I always look up to the sky and just thank whoever's watching over me because they gave me that opportunity, which uh, kind of led to everything else. Working with Robin was amazing. He uh, he taught me without actually trying to teach me. I wasn't going there to work with him so he could teach me. Mm -hmm. He wanted to, to work with me, which yeah. I couldn't understand. And to this day, I kind of go, what? You want to <laughs> work with me? But it was an amazing experience. And I remember, I'll never forget the feeling of, excitement and joy of, of watching him and his son, RJ, who's a talented writer as well. Uh, we were all in the studio recording um, vocals on, on a song that we'd written. But when I started singing, they were jumping up and down with excitement about this new song. And it was just like, I made a BG excited in a studio. Do you know how cool that thought yeah, is? Yeah. I was like, I just couldn't believe it. it. It all felt a bit surreal, like I needed to pinch myself and wake up. Yeah, did you ever think that what if you were in the studio with Robin Gibb and his son and they weren't jumping up and down? Yeah. <laughs> what well, goes exactly, through your mind man. there? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh boy, I better really start to rethink this yeah, career yeah, yeah. here, right? Yeah, uh, maybe that football thing was a, a better option. <laughs> how did you How did you connect with him? I mean, it's not like you drop him an email and say, hey, Robin, would you mentor me? I mean, how did you make that connection with him? Um, the, uh, the mentor thing kind of came around when I was releasing in the UK. Um, we were putting out a, a, the album before this one. Mm -hmm. um, somebody on the, the marketing team was actually Robin's day-to-day kind of manager or PA. I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure what to call the position, but he said, hang on, you should meet Robin. And I was like, well, okay, make me. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, like twist my arm. Sure. I was so excited about it, but it all came about. He took a listen to what I was doing, wanted to meet me. I was the most excited kid you've ever seen going to meet him. Yeah, went to his house and... He just went, yeah, I'd love to work with you. Mm. And I, I I think my jaw hit the floor. 
Yeah. Like, what do you say to that? I was just like, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah what you time know? do you want cool, me to? Cool, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Should I just move in? And he said, yeah, come stay with us. <laughs> really? So I went to stay. How about that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you talk about those once-in-a-moment opportunities or those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. Uh, there are people that, that would die or give their right arm for, you know, yeah. just to just to meet Robin Gibb, let yeah. alone move in and to be mentored by yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. What an experience. But um, I just... Uh, you know, I wish I could be able to pick up the phone and just say, Robin, am I doing it right? Yeah. You know, what do you think? But yeah. we just have to I hope he's watching down and going, you know, you're doing it. When, when you look back at that experience, then we're going to talk about your uh, your, your music and, and your, I guess, your launch of your, your, yeah. your music here in the United States. But when you look back at that experience, then, is there one lesson or maybe two lessons that you, I'm sure there are many lessons that you took away yeah. from it, but... I mean, is there one thing that he said to you or one thing that he did or one piece of advice that he gave you that has caused you to sort of shape yourself as a musician? Because, I mean, I'm sure he gave you a lot of great advice, but yeah. is there any one thing that just pops out? Um, I think the one thing that pops out the most, as he said, there was, there was a ton, but the one thing I never forget and I always remind myself of is that it's not about theory. It's all about listening to to what you're doing listening to what you're thinking listening to what you're feeling and listening to what it is you're actually writing mm -hmm. and um forgetting about complicating things you just mm -hmm. got to keep it simple there's only he used to he used to say to me Lund, there's only seven notes in front of you put them together and find the words that match them and that that's what i always remember we're talking with Elan uh, Leah, who is uh, here promoting his uh, his new CD. It drops in the fall. I know you're... you're yeah, you're the, the album will come out. It's called Conversations Over Time. But um, the, the lead single called Take the World is uh, what we're currently promoting. And that's, what, that's what's on tour. And that's what's available on iTunes and all those kind of things. All right. So let's talk about Take the World. I mean, this is uh, the lead single off of your soon-to-be-released uh, CD. Tell me a little bit about this song. Um, so Take the World, also written in the UK, mm -hmm. uh, co-wrote it with uh, two really talented songwriters there. Uh, at heart, I'm kind of a balladeer. Mm -hmm. So you give me an instrument, I give you a ballad. <laughs> so I went to sit with these uh, these two guys, really talented, and the goal was to write something upbeat and real. Mm -hmm. um, and what could be more real than the idea of, of taking the world and doing it in your own way? So the whole thing behind Take the World is that um, while it sounds like a simple idea, uh, you know, I'm just going to go take over the world. Actually, it's something that people can relate to because uh, there's there's amazing stories of like single moms working two jobs so their kids can go to school and uh, just amazing stories going on every day. And those are, those are other people's ways of taking the world. For me, it's I want to take the world through music and mm -hmm. kind of pass on a message. But everyone can identify with a song and live their life in their own way that they believe is right and that uh, they, they don't feel judged by other people. So the idea is to, to live the right way in your eyes, and when you're happy with what you're doing, you're doing it right. What inspired you then to write this song and present this message at this time? Was there anything? I mean, because I, I oftentimes like to get into the head of the songwriter yeah, yeah. as well as the artist, because yeah. sometimes people just are sitting on a train and they're sparked, something goes off and they just start writing. Yeah. So was there something that happened to you or something that happened to someone that you know or your co-writers on this project? I mean, what made you decide this was the song that you wanted to write right now? I think um, I think what was going on in the basement to, to kind of make me stir the feeling up was, and it, it was probably subconscious on this specific song, but I'd spent so much time in my music career listening to other people telling me how to do it, telling me what to do, telling me what to sing, how to write, da-da-da-da-da, just never 
doing things my way and mm. never never quite believing in myself enough to 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 actually go after the the thing that I could see because I said to people no but I can see something you're not seeing and that they wouldn't agree with me mm-hmm. um and this this time around I just kind of went well hang on mm-hmm. I can see it I'm going to go do it mm-hmm. and um that's probably where take the world came from just past experience of of constantly being under someone's you know guidance well not not even guidance just always being told what to do and i just had enough of that now i was going to take control you've had success in, in in i guess in your in your native country you've had success in in europe in the united kingdom yeah well it depends you see i i never believe my own biography <laughs> <laughs> they, they often say you know careful what you read for me success is one day when everybody who knows me and knows my music can recite my lyrics. So until then, I'm still on my way up. I admire your your humbleness because oftentimes, I don't have to tell you this, yeah. people in this business believe their biography. People believe their press releases. No, you can't. I mean, press releases are written for a reason. But um, for, for an artist to believe in their own press release, I think is... Uh, a silly thing to do. Okay, so and, and everybody has their own interpretation of success. I mean, and, and depending on where you are in life and how young you are or how old you are, that definition of success is obviously uh, yeah. going to change. But are are you nervous or are you concerned? I mean, you appear to be a very confident, confident person. I mean, just sitting across yeah. from you here, you appear to be a confident person. <laughs> but the music industry itself is a untamed beast at times. Now you come to the United States where it's really all over the place. Yeah. So, I mean, are you a little nervous about dipping your big toe into the shark infested water? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, nerves kind of went out the window. Let me explain it like this. When you give something your last effort, and I, I say that with absolute humbleness because you get to a point in your career where you're looking at things and you, you're summer sell. You're summing it all up and you're going, I started there 12 years ago mm-hmm. and now I'm here today. What what the future will bring and what's around the corner, I don't know. But I know that if I just give it everything I've got and don't hold back because this is like a, you can't go for a big release as a new artist every year. You're mm-hmm. just, you're not doing anything right then. So I kind of look at this like in my career long of 12 years, I look at it like a final attempt to make something as big as I can. And when you do something on a final attempt, it's like there's no point in being nervous because you don't need to worry about tomorrow. Today is your last day. But that's sort of it's, – it's, it's an intriguing concept. Yeah. But you make it sound so final. I mean, to me, it sounds like you're giving it all you got right now. Yeah. And if it's successful, great. If not, are you going to go back to South Africa and play football? I mean, you know, I mean, if not, it's kind of like, I don't know. I'll deal with it then. But the really? the reason I'm not nervous about it is because the, it's like I said to my buddies back home when they said, "Are you nervous about going over?" I said, "It's no longer in my hands." I said, "I've put the record out. I've it, it the record lives on a on an album now." I said, "The only thing I can do is go and perform it, go meet people, go put myself out there." But mm-hmm. beyond that, it's actually not in my control. I can't make people like it. I can't make people like me. If they like me, that's great. But the only thing I can do is offer what really is there. Mm -hmm. And if it works, that's amazing. And I'll have a long career and I'll meet amazing people and have great memories. But if I don't, I'll look back and say, I gave it everything I had. I did a real offer. I didn't, you know, I didn't pull the wool over anyone's eyes. And it was, 
it was just what it was. If that that's not to sound negative, it's actually a positive. No, it it, it is. It it, it yeah. really is a different way of looking at things because a lot of times, and people have sat in that chair, or they've sat in this chair, one of the chairs, and, <laughs> and they would turn around and they would be so full of nervous energy because they know this is make or break time, and they get so stressed out over the pressure that yeah. that puts on them, that I think that limits them as a performer, whether they're a singer, a songwriter, or both, is that they get so nervous because of the pressure that's on them right now. But you sort of have compartmentalized yeah. this to a certain degree. Look, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You're out there promoting this this single from your soon-to-be-released CD, uh, and I think it's a, it's a great way, and there's, a, there's a, I think, a learning lesson that we could all get from this is that you can seize the moment, concern yourself about what's going on right now, do the best that you can, and if everything falls in place. So you're really, I mean, turning a lot over to fate, I guess. If it's meant to yeah. be, it's meant to be. Well, that's right, because, and, and a lot of what you said, that was me on my last release into the UK, all the nervous energy you talk about, all the, like, all the pressure. But at the end of the day, when I look back at the whole thing, because that was like my big moment into the UK, and I look back and I go, I didn't need to be nervous. I didn't need to have any nervous energy. There was no reason to be nervous. People sure. either liked it or they didn't. If they liked it, it didn't matter if I was nervous or not. If they didn't like it, it didn't matter if I was nervous or not. Mm -hmm. So the idea was just to present yourself and present what it is you do in a, in a confident but humble way because um, I hate arrogance. There's nothing worse to me. But just to go and say, hey, this is me. This is what I do. I'd love you to enjoy it. And past that, what's the point in being nervous? Because you don't enjoy what you're doing. As it is, I'm going from city to city every night, different place. You know, you're just trying to take it all in and, and, mm -hmm. and just really live the moment without getting frustrated by the road or whatever's mm -hmm. going on. You just got to kind of go, cool, this is my journey and I'm just going to do it. Yep. Is this your first time in the United States then? It's not the, the first time. It's the first time in many places around the United okay, States. Okay, so you've been to the country before. Yeah, and, yeah. but like kind of New York, L.A. Sure. Now, yeah. I'm kinda, now I've been to Austin and Dallas and this place and that place, and it, I'm seeing everything. Are the musical interests of the people that you've met here in the United States much different than the musical interests of people that you might meet in the U.K. or in Johannesburg? I mean, I mean, music is music, and everybody enjoys good music. Yeah. But do you see that perhaps our taste might be radically different than the taste in Europe? Uh, I don't think so. It depends on the format. Like in, in some of the formats, you know, back home in um, in the U.K. or in, uh, in South Africa, you wouldn't get country. So, like, that format wouldn't exist. But we have something similar in, like, the, the local languages in South Africa have – it's a very similar market to the country market where it's a, a dedicated place that you can get in and a dedicated and very loyal group of listeners and people who buy the music. Um, but when you come to the pop and, like, kind of hot AC formats uh, where I would fit in, it's exactly the same. In fact, when you guys are playing it, pretty much we're playing it. We're talking with uh, Elan Leah, who is uh, here promoting his uh, his new CD. Given the uh, format that you're going after, it is such a competitive industry. I mean, it's it's such a competitive. You could be number one this week and be number forty one next oh, yeah, week. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're buckled up and you're ready for this ride. It's a again. You got to do what what's currently in front of you with an an eye to the future. So, I guess. 
what it entails is if this does work and I do get to take that awesome ride to well whatever's whatever the the so-called top is right. to make sure that I got something else and ready to come out of the basement to to keep me going. Now the fact that your father was a musician, did he encourage you or did he discourage you? I mean obviously I guess he encouraged you because you're out here doing this. He could advise you what works, what doesn't work, what yeah. you should stay away from, who you should talk to. Well, it's interesting because my dad being a musician but he he was a musician when he was younger, and and in South Africa, um, he kind of did the uh, the function stuff like the the corporate gigs, the weddings, all I of that kind of stuff. Okay. But he actually encouraged me to to pursue that avenue and discouraged me to pursue the recording artist avenue. Really? Yeah. Not it's not like we uh, we didn't have a rift or anything like that. Right. I'm just saying like where opinions were, and my mom was actually the one who said to me, "No, no, you're a recording artist. Go do that." How about that. And in fact, we started our own label together called Mother Dear Records because I call my mom Mother Dear. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, a bit of fun and games, but yeah. uh, in terms of just pursuing the music business, uh, it was kind of like I wish I had more intuitive help when i was younger because mm -hmm. signing my first record deal when i was 17 and my mom's a brilliant business lady but the music business on its own is just uh, another animal altogether mm -hmm. so we may have signed different deals we may have done things differently had we had uh, better advice from people mm -hmm. when we were coming up so are you better off for that now meaning that you, you realize that what you know the the deals that you signed when you were seventeen yeah. are not going to be the deals that you're signing when you're twenty nine and thirty. Definitely not. Well, right. since then I've had I've done numerous deals, not just recording deals, distribution deals, uh, you know, uh, JVs kind of things. Mm -hmm. I've even signed artists myself mm -hmm. back home in South Africa, and I've cut my teeth on so many things. I've in theory broken so many bones trying to walk up those sure. steps of the yeah. learning curve, and um, I got to a point where now we're releasing into the states under my own label with the help of the right kind of the right team behind me but it's at a point where you have to be smart and protect your your kind of business interest because at the end of the day even though you're a creative intelligent person as an artist you actually have to be quite a sharp business person mm -hmm. otherwise you're going to get taken to the cleaners in as i said the shark infested waters yeah. and i've done it as you're out promoting take the world you're still working on your CD, which will be Conversations Over Time? Yeah, that's right. Most of the album's pretty much recorded. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of fanatical about making sure we've got the, the best stuff on the album. Uh, again, first impressions are most important. So if somebody does go out, well, I hope you do go out and buy my record, I, I want you to love every song on it. So I've got to about 20 recorded tracks, and I want to cut it down to about 11 or 12. Um, people, people will argue about should you have 17 tracks or should you have nine tracks. Well, I always think if you give people too many, they don't have time to love them all. So yeah. I want, I'd rather do something a bit more concise and keep stuff back and release it later. You worked with a lot of uh, names that people may not know outside of the music industry but That's i mean right. just rattling off some of them kyle chambers you also have uh, diane warren who's yeah. worked with leanne rhymes Celine dion tony braxton you have obviously collaborated and worked with on your last project with sort of a who's who of the music the business. rising world yeah, yeah right um it's interesting how that kind of stuff all comes about it's always been a case of somebody knows someone who knows someone and in the uk it was a case of uh, my still excellent friend um, who managed me for a while in the UK, who knew people. So uh, Diane Warren, that, that was awesome to sing one of her songs. And it was one of your, um, I'm sure he's from here, or maybe he's not actually, Daniel Powter. He sang that song, Had a Bad Day. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so yeah. 
he had the the song that I did that was Diane Warren's. He was going to do, but eventually he didn't want to because he wanted to do only his own record. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, I will take that with both hands. Thank you very much. Um, I didn't actually get to meet uh, the the legend that is Diane Warren right. um, in person, but uh, apparently she heard the record and was very happy with uh, how we did it. So that was great. And um, Guy Chambers, who of course wrote with uh, with Robbie Williams for years, mm-hmm. uh, he had a song and was was impressed with what I was doing and, and gave it to us for the album. So it was just cool kind of recognition around. But I'd love the opportunity to go back as a more mature artist and say, right now, can I work in the studio with you? Kind of mm-hmm. like let's write together. Musical influences as you were growing up. Oh man, I always I always get shy when this question comes up because I'm like the Backstreet Boys. Ah. <laughs> it was <laughs> hey, look, they're back they're they're back they're out back. on tour. So go on. Yeah, some things it's like yeah. a fine wine. They improve with age. That's you know? it, man. Well, listen, they they did a great thing. Like I was because when I was coming up, it was that was the Backstreet Boys yeah. or the boy band era. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like you had like uh, Backstreet Boys and sing boys to men and mm-hmm. in school i actually had a, a vocal group and we like used to enter the music competitions right. doing like covers a cappella and that kind of thing uh-huh. so yeah but as i grew up it changed and um bon jovi eric clapton uh robbie williams you, you had uh, like i had massive influence from like little richard and i mm-hmm. kind of went into that rock and roll uh style but overall it's like it's quite an it's quite a diverse range of music that influences me because some people do things to influence me as they perform. Some people influence me how they write. Mm-hmm. Um, some people just influence me as they are as a, a person. Because yeah. unfortunately, you find like a lot of amazing rock stars have gone down the avenue that, that wasn't such a good person. It was like, what an amazing rock star. Unfortunately, his life offstage wasn't quite as, as strong. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't just follow one person to, to see kind of how to do everything some person one would be a better singer one would be a better songwriter one's a better human being if that makes sense no it makes absolute yeah. sense although uh, i gotta ask the follow-up question in that i don't know i don't know if artists musical artists get the pass in that they can live their way how they want to live them you know their their way on the stage and they can live the way that they want to in front of their fans and then they can live however they want yeah out of the public limelight. I mean, but don't you feel that the lines get blurred every once in a while because they see you and they they think that the person that's up on the stage is the same person that they're going to meet after the concert to get their right. CD signed. Yeah. And he, he might still be the guy that you like to go out and have a beer with, but turns out to be a real whatever. Yeah. Doesn't want to be bothered. So well, exactly. if you're out at the bar with your friends and somebody comes up to you, and, and I'm not singling you out, but oftentimes they expect that the public persona that they see yes. is always going to be the public persona. Well, 100%. But everybody does have that kind of time where they just don't want to know anyone. I'm, I think I'm still at that point in my career when somebody comes up to me at a bar. I'm like, hey, you recognize me. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I like but, that. <laughs> you know, maybe in, uh, maybe in a couple of years, I, I suppose it'd be different. Like if I were Bon Jovi and, sure. you know thousands of people were trying to disturb me every minute of every day right. maybe it would be different yeah. but you do hear amazing stories like um uh, of artists coming off the stage and not leaving till everybody who wanted a, a signature had one or sure. an autograph yeah so i'm sure people have bad days but i think that the the watching public because I, I mean i've been one for years we look at i'd love to meet bruce willis because i'm like i was right. just talking about him in the car i'm like i wonder if he's the same in die hard as he is in real life <laughs> you know what i mean is he that kind he's of guy he's really a nice guy i'm sure he's, he's an really amazing guy nice i'd love guy. to meet yeah. him yeah but it, it's like we i think we sometimes forget and we put people on a pedestal sure. kind of like what happened to to tiger woods and while that's an issue on its own i like felt bad for him i was like 
you know what? Nobody's been able to walk it in his shoes. Nobody right. knows what's going on yet mm-hmm. because he's this. Uh, he's a major golfer and he gets put on that uh, kind of godly pedestal. Mm-hmm. He gets really like a lot of pressure and hammered for, for having done what he did, which is obviously bad, but nobody walked in his steps. We don't know. You're so right. imagine being the most popular golfer on the planet and all that pressure and all that, you know, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? I also want to mention about how people could find out uh, more about you. I mean, you have a, uh, you're on Facebook, as yeah. practically everybody is. Uh, you also have your own uh, website that's that right. we can mention. Yeah. Uh, and it's... Uh, Elanlea.com. Okay. That's and that's E-L-A-N-L-E-A.com. You can find out more information about uh, Elon. Well, I, I want to say what a refreshing interview this has been. You well, are you. a tremendous, first of all, I'll start off with saying a tremendous person because you. <laughs> you're very frank, you're very open, you're very candid. And oftentimes yeah. you don't get that when somebody sits in the chair there. I mean, Maybe so I, uh, I, I, I do appreciate that. And in terms of uh, your talent, it is, again, refreshing because I think you bring a totally different perspective to uh, uh, to this music industry. Thank you. And uh, I, I just want to wish you all the success in the world. I think you really do deserve it. I think Thank even you. in your young career, <laughs> you know, uh, you've been doing this for such a long time, only, uh, you know, since 17, he's now 29. You do the math. You can figure yeah. it out. Um, but uh, you got to come back and see us again. And hopefully Definitely. You know, you'll, you'll come back to Philadelphia and actually play one of our great venues downtown. Love to. Can't, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Studio 89.7, a monthly program that focuses on newsmakers, celebrities, and authors. Please tune in on the second Saturday of every month at 9 a.m. for another edition of Studio 89.7, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.